Exodus 14, verses 1 through 14. Give everybody a second to turn to it. Exodus 14, 1 through 14. We, are, uh, we have seen the Israelites uh, be freed from uh, Pharaoh and the Egyptians up until this point, and God is using Moses to lead the Israelites into the promised land. Now, uh, what we saw a few weeks ago before Christmas, it's been a little while, so refresh everybody. What we saw was that when God led the Israelites out of Egypt, he led them along the path of the wilderness because God said that if they faced war, that they would be tempted to turn and go back. So he didn't lead them on the shortest route to the promised land, which really would have been just kind of right around the edge of the sea there. Instead, he led them really in the exact opposite direction. And that's what we saw in the last, uh, last time that we looked at these verses. And sometimes God does that. Sometimes God, in our lives and in our situations and things that we have going on, God will lead us into a different direction or what we sometimes assume to be the wrong direction. But in the case of the Israelites, as well as in the case of his children today, God knows exactly what he is doing, and he knows exactly which direction we need to go for our benefit. Uh, God knows sometimes what's in our heart and what our uh, attitudes are and, and what we are likely to do. And so sometimes he has to allow us to go the long way, to go the scenic route, and allow us to go through trials, as we talked about tonight, as Mr. Thomas pointed out, because that's what it's going to take to help us to grow as Christians, to grow closer to him, to be more obedient to him. And I believe that that's exactly what God was trying to do with the Israelites. Now, they had seen God do a lot of uh, intense things with these plagues that he had brought upon the land of Egypt, but he wanted them to fully trust him. He was trying to help them to recognize and see that he was God, he was all-powerful, and he could deliver them, and he could get them into the promised land. And so he is... Uh, not only delivering them from slavery, but they're also experiencing firsthand the power of God and seeing just what he is capable of. And that's what we saw uh, the last time we were in Exodus, and that's what we're going to continue on with tonight. Let's pray before we read the text. Father God, I pray that you just be with us as we look at these words tonight. I pray that you just speak uh, through me. I pray that you speak to us and see not just what happened for the Israelites, but dear Lord, how it applies in our own lives. So God, I pray that you just would bless the reading of your word tonight. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Amen. Verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and camp in front of Pahariah between Migdal and the sea. You must camp in front of Belzephon facing it by the sea. Pharaoh will see the Israelites or excuse me, Pharaoh will say of the Israelites, they are wandering around the land in confusion. The wilderness has boxed them in. I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. Then I will receive glory by means of Pharaoh and all his army and the Egyptians will know that I am Yahweh. So the Israelites did this. Now, God had already told them to go in, in a different direction, really, than what would have been the quickest route to get where they needed to go. 
And now God is telling them to backtrack. And not only are they backtracking, but they're essentially backtracking themselves into a, into a spot where they're going to be stuck. They're, they're, they're putting themselves into a situation that when the Egyptians come, there will be nowhere for the Israelites to go. Now, that, this probably seems like a crazy thing to the Israelites, as we, as we are about to see in a few minutes. The Israelites were already uh, you know, going in the opposite direction. Now they're going back to these places that were described, and essentially what's going to happen is they're going to put themselves in a situation that when the Egyptians come after them, that they are going to be boxed in. In verse 5, when the kingdom of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about the people and said, What have we done? We have released Israel from serving us. So he got his chariot ready and took his troops with him. He took 600 of the best chariots and all the rest of the chariots of Egypt with officers in each one. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the Israelites who were going out triumphantly, or uh, some of your translations may say we're going out with boldness. There's a few different words uh, that are used there. And so uh, you think about this scene, you think about everything that's occurred up until this point. All these plagues, these horrible plagues that were brought upon the land of Egypt, that were brought upon uh, the people, their livestock, their land, their families, everything that took place there, and it took all of those things to take place, and Pharaoh eventually losing his firstborn to recognize okay, it's time for me just to surrender and give God his people that he is asking for. Now, Pharaoh had experienced all these things. We saw numerous times that Pharaoh was not going to change his heart. He was not going to surrender to the Lord. He was not going to submit to God's will. And even though he let the Israelites go, and it looked like in that moment that he finally had learned, don't mess with the God of Israel, it did not take Pharaoh long to say, you know what? I wish I wouldn't have let him go. And so he decided he was going to go after the Israelites with everything he had. Now, all the Israelites had was to go out with boldness and, and, and to go out triumphantly. They didn't have a whole lot other than just the, the praise to know that they had been delivered. They wouldn't have had a lot of weaponry. They probably wouldn't have had any chariots. Uh, they probably would have just had what they needed to get by. And here is Pharaoh, the leader of Egypt, who would have had lots of uh, chariots at his disposal, lots of manpower at his disposal. And here is the most powerful man in the land of Egypt, and he has decided that he is going after the people of Israel with full force. He is bringing everything he can toward the Israelites. He has had enough of this. He wants the Israelites back. Now think about this from Pharaoh's perspective. If you're the Egyptians, the Pharaoh's, uh, the, if you're the Egyptian, the Israelites had been doing all this work for you for a long time. You had a free labor pool that you have had for quite some time. And all of a sudden, that is gone. Now you have a land in Egypt that has really suffered greatly because of the plagues that have been poured out upon the land and the people. And not only is the, is the land struggling, but now all the people who did a lot of the work for you are gone. And Pharaoh woke up one day and said, No, I'm not going to stand for this. I'm going and get them back. Now Pharaoh had had ten opportunities already to learn not to mess with God, but to rather humble himself and just listen to God. And he still had missed it. 
He still had refused to do that. And here he says, I'm taking everything I got. I'm taking the best chariots, which would have been the best weaponry of the day. I mean, it would be like taking tanks today. At that time, if you had chariots, that was a big deal. That was something that was, that was a big advantage for someone. And so here comes Egypt. And we don't want to miss what God is pointing out to us here in his word. What we are seeing here is we are seeing a superpower, essentially, with the best that they've got going after little old Israel that don't have a whole lot. And so we kinda, we've kind of got a big contrast here between these two groups that we're looking at in these passages. In verse 9, The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, his horsemen and his army chased after them and caught up with them as they camped by the sea beside Pi-Hahirah in front of Baal-Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and saw the Egyptians coming after them. Then the Israelites were terrified and cried out to the Lord for help. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? The Israelites did the right thing right there. Here they see the, the ones who had enslaved them for years and all of their power. Can you imagine what they, that, that must be like for the Israelites? They had finally gotten free from the one who had enslaved them. And now in the distance, they, they see here comes Pharaoh in all of his power, and they were terrified. We can understand that. Even all the things that they had seen God do, they were terrified at those enemies who were coming against them. And what they did was, it says they cried out to the Lord. Now, that's, that's good, uh, a good example for us to look at in the midst of our circumstances or trials and whatever struggles our enemies may be coming against us. We need to follow their lead and cry out to the Lord. They said to Moses, verse 11, they said to Moses, Is it because there are no more graves in Egypt that you took us to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, Don't be afraid. Stand firm and see the Lord's salvation He will provide for you today. For the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You must be quiet. The people of Israel, with the little doubt that they had there, they said, look, look at what's happening, Moses. It would have been better if we could have just stayed and been enslaved. It would have been better for us just to be slaves for the rest of our life. But instead, you brought us out here. We're going the wrong way. We're in the wilderness. Here comes Pharaoh and all of his chariots, and all we've got left to do is just die. And Moses said, hold up. Let's just trust in the Lord because today God is going to bring you salvation. And we, we kind of see a little foreshadowing of what Jesus Christ is going to uh, do for his people ultimately. That salvation, that deliverance, that, uh, that, that being delivered from what is against us, in our case, in their case too, it was their sin and Jesus brings us salvation and God was going to bring salvation for the people of Israel that day. And he closes up in these verses, he says... The Lord will fight for you. You must be quiet. Now that is hard to do. 
That is hard to do because oftentimes when we're in the midst of our, of our hard times and things that we're going to, oftentimes we don't want to sit back and do nothing. We want to do something. We got to say something. I need to say this or I need to do this. And sometimes what we need to do is just what Moses commanded the Israelites to do. Sometimes we just need to realize that God will fight for us, that we just need to sit down and be quiet. Can you imagine what that, I mean, here Moses is telling these Israelites and they're facing their uh, Pharaoh who was coming at them. And God, inst instead of Pharaoh saying, uh, uh, Moses saying, get all your weapons, get ready. We're going to go fight them. We're going to challenge them head on because God's on our side. Instead, he said, just sit back and be quiet. I think some translations say, be still. But you see, the Israelites, they, 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 they missed one important thing. See, in their mind, they had already determined that they only had two options. Option number one, they could have stayed and been enslaved. Option number two, they could leave in the wilderness and they could die there. And in their mind, that's the only two options that they saw. That's the only ending that they saw for this situation. They didn't see any other, any other options. But there was a third option. And the third option was to trust the Lord and let him deliver them from their situation you see so many times the devil wants us to forget that third options in our life so many times we face hard times we face struggle we're up against sin we're up against our enemies and oftentimes we we kind of want to be a little negative and all we can see is, is how this isn't going to work out now i've done this in the last week because i'm a philadelphia eagle fan we've been real good all year our quarterback hurt got, got hurt a couple weeks ago we're in the playoff game next week we've played so bad and i have done determined there's no way that we can win that game there's no way. I have determined every which way that we cannot win, and I have yet to think of one way that, you know, maybe we could win. And the Israelites had done the same thing here. They had done determined there was, it was a lose-lose situation. They would have rather been enslaved than die. In their mind, those were the two choices. We can be enslaved or we can die. But God had a third option for them. God wanted them to be free and to live. And the devil tried to blind them, as he does us, to the good that God wants to put in our life. The devil wants to blind us to the hope that we have. See, the devil wants us to think that whatever situation you're in, whatever sin you're up against, it's a lose-lose. You can't win. You might as well just give up. That's what the devil will say to you in your mind and in your heart. But what God's Word says is, no, there's a third option. You don't have to give in to the temptation. You don't have to give in. You don't have to fight back. Instead, we can allow God to take care of the situation. And that's exactly what Moses told the people. As the people were, were kind of freaking out, saying, oh, there's no good that's going to come out of this, Moses said, just hold up. Just trust in the Lord. Now, after all, they had experienced the same thing that Pharaoh and the Egyptians had experienced. They had seen what God could do. And even then, after seeing all that God could do, they were still not as strong in their faith as they should have been. Now, we can say, boy, if I'd have been there and I'd have saw all those miracles, I wouldn't have doubted it. I would have just trusted God all the way through. Well, maybe, maybe not. Because there are times in our own lives maybe where we've seen God at work. We know what God can do. We've read God's Word. Most of us have probably experienced God work in a powerful way, and we've seen how God brought us through a situation or brought somebody else through a situation, and we're like, wow, what a cool God we have. And even then, knowing that and knowing God's Word and coming here week after week, how many times in our life do we come up against a situation and we just kind of hang our head and we just think, I don't know what's going to happen here. 
It's just no good that can come out of this. Have you ever thought that I've done that before? It ain't no good that can come out of this. And then all of a sudden something happens and it's like, whoa, where did that come from? Turns out God knew what he was doing after all. And then I'm surprised by it. That's, that's even more shocking that I'm surprised by the fact that God can, can take something bad and he can take nothing and he can turn it into something. And Moses was reminding of the people, uh, reminding the people of this here. Here they were. They had gone in the wrong direction. Their backs were against the wall, so to speak, or against the Red Sea in this case. And there was nowhere for them to turn. And I believe God brought them right there to that point in time, right at that moment, so that they could experience his power in a way that they would never forget. Not only would they experience his power, but also would Pharaoh and the Egyptians experience his wrath. And that's what we're going to talk about next week. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you now and we thank you for these good words. And I pray that you just be with us tonight as we leave this place. I pray that you be with us as we go out into the world this week. I pray that you help us to to be able to stand up to whatever situations or enemies may come into our path, dear Lord, that you would take the, the negativity out of our mind, dear Lord, how we always just look at the bad of situations that no good could come. And God, help us to see that when you're involved, that there is good that can come from situations. So help us not to be blinded, dear Lord, by the tactics of the devil to think that there's no good way, dear Lord, there's only bad, but help our eyes to be open to know that you are in control. And when you step into a situation that sometimes we just need to step back and we just need to be still and we need to be quiet, dear Lord, and let you work. So if there's some in here tonight that are just going through something, whatever it may be, dear Lord, just let them trust you with it, and let you do the work. And I pray that you just would deliver them uh, through that situation, dear Lord. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen.